Sorry. Um, <laughs> welcome to the Mission Impossible co- podcast, <laughs> starring Tom Cruise and Simon Pegg. I'm kidding. But you believed it. You believed it. You yeah. thought I was Tom Cruise for you a second. You Timothy Cruise. And you thought you pressed on the wrong podcast. He is like, yeah, I'm Simon Pegg. The fact of the matter is, we are unreal. Yes. I'm welcome Elijah. To it. That's Elijah. I'm Grayson. That's Grayson. And we're talking about... We, we missed last week. We're catching up. We have yeah. a lot of movies we're going to cover. We do. We, we catch up on sort of our letterbox diary. You know, if you want a little spoiler for every episode we do, just go to our letterbox, <laughs> you know, and check out our diary and we'll talk about them. We'll give you the real deal facts, takes. We do behind takes. the scene, behind the scene talk. We also yeah. like to diverge from our conversation. We've we, got hot takes. We've got cold takes. We've got uh, uh, divulgences. We've got, you know, digressions. It's so fun. Yep. Yeah. So we talk about Mission Impossible. A lot of Mission Impossible. We talk, talk about Indiana Jones. A little Two new Twilight, releases came out. A little Ryan Gosling action. We cover some indie films. Some Pirates of the Caribbean. Some indie films. Some international films. Ooh. A lot of goodness. <laughs> a lot of goodness. Ju- it's some juicy hearts in this episode. Big juicy hearts. Big juicy hearts. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Without further ado, here is the mission. I mean, the Unreal Podcast. Starring Tom Cruise. <laughs> it has been a little while. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a little bit. It's been just a... I've a, missed you. I've missed you too. I've missed the space. I have missed the space. I yeah. can't wait to do the podcast room. I know. It's not going to be for us. It's going to be beautiful. For us. For us. Yeah. I'm just... I listen back to our, our episode and I'm like... That sounds so good. We sound so good. I love being in a studio. We sound so creamy. When I tell people, I go, I go, yeah, I'm actually in a studio now. And I'm all, all you know, up my own ass. And they're like, ooh, it's studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> studio quality. They're like, how'd you get that? I'm like, oh, I know a guy. It's open to the I public. I know a guy. So, you know, frankly, uh, come check it out. Chill but also home. like. But not, not in not our days that we. Yeah, <laughs> not, the, yeah not on Wednesdays. <laughs> That's us. That's us. Um. We actually don't have a plan for this episode, I don't think. Because you've been busy. I have a huge plan for this episode. He I does not. I was down to the every single word that I say is meant Grayson to be. Grayson recently moved. I did His move. current address is. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, so he's been, he's been busy, busy boy this week. I've been ridiculously busy. I kind of haven't stopped doing things. I've had just like 20-hour days every day. Um, just unpacking, building furniture, cleaning, just nonstop. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been, been an adjustment. But it's a very nice place. It's a very nice place. It's worth. It's it's a very adult apartment, which makes me feel like a poser. I feel like I'm staying in someone's apartment. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm like, I'll, I'm like, wary to like use the kitchen and stuff. I'm like, yeah. this is not my space. <laughs> it is for for a whole year. For a whole, whole year. year. Unless I get evicted. <laughs> um. Yeah. I hope you kids can afford rent. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that rent. Oh, yeah, you know what it is. Sometimes you just take a leap, a leap of faith. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what that's it is. Trying, you're trying to get me to do that to move into your complex. Yeah, I learned that from um, Indiana Jones and uh, the, you know, the uh, the Dial of Last Destiny. Crusade. Oh, yeah, Dial of Destiny. We do. Okay, we've seen a lot of movies actually. We Even have, though I've been we, busy, yeah. all I've done in my free time like is watch Love Island and movies. Usually yeah. like one a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've and actually also because like we're like two weeks behind, so we have we a lot are. to catch up on. Yeah, we are. Because what was are. the last what was the last thing that we covered? 
What was the last thing? I think we talked about we talked, we talked about asteroid ast- asteroid, asteroid city asteroid city asteroid city asteroid city asteroid that's uh, gonna catch on if I say that asteroids yeah asteroid shitty um what's Except asteroid I like city that movie. back in June back in June yeah yeah Mission Impossible that's Ghost crazy. Protocol I watched The Incredibles yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so we have like look at look how much I've watched since the last Ooh, episode we. So me too, man. But all these aren't worth going over. But no, we'll yeah, do a, we'll we'll pick some favorites. we'll pick some 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 bangers, <coughs> some bangers. Yeah, why not? Um, did we go over all of the? Did I binge the Indiana Jones that we talked about that before? No, we did not talk about that. I don't think we did. We we did not. Fun. The last thing we talked about was remember because I watched The Incredibles, and right. like, oh, you watched Incredibles that week, and then I was like, yeah, and then you watched Ghost Protocol. Mm-hmm. I think I had most recently seen Ghost Protocol with you. Yeah. Yeah. And then we watched, then we binged the double feature. Mm-hmm. Double feature. And then we watched it. Yeah. So we have a lot, to, a lot mm-hmm. to go over. I can go first. Go first. And I, I can lead us into our into our together viewing of Dial of Destiny. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So I own on Blu-ray the Indiana Jones films, all of them. We're big uh, Blu-ray except Dial advocates. Of Destiny now. I love Blu-ray. I really do. I gotta get more. I need a 4K TV so I can do 4K <gasps> you should, HDR. You should. But I don't like paying 40 bucks for every movie that I buy. <laughs> They're all so expensive. That's fair. That's um, why you steal them. But I would really like, they have a 4K HDR John Wick collection now. Ooh. And they have a 4K HDR. Um, That's nice. Creed 1 through 3. I saw those. But yeah, so I have the Blu-rays of Indie with all the special features that I still need to go through. It's on a whole disc of its own, all the makings of and everything like that. I'm like, yes, yeah. I really want to watch that. Yeah. So, but uh, I watched Temple of Doom. I'd already, I'd already rewatched Ark of the Covenant, but um, Ark of the Covenant, Rage of the Lost Ark. You know, <laughs> it's. <laughs> I always call it that. I watched Temple of Doom, aka stone of the indian village <laughs> yeah um and then the last crusade aka holy of the grail mm, the holiest of the, the, the holiest of the grails did um, you watch crystal skull i did i did watch crystal skull can you rank the four right now oh yeah oh Go. yeah Go. okay okay not from the best but from your favorite your from my favorite. favorite yeah favorite is the best in my opinion Ooh. Um, so last crusade raiders, raiders of the lost ark temple, temple of doom, doom. Crystal Skull. Dial of Destiny. Oh, I was, I was, okay. Crystal Skull. That's fair. I will give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's a little different. Really? Yeah. Mine's Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. Then it's... Really? First. I love Temple. When's the last time you watched it? Last year, actually. Hmm. But it's still <laughs> a fun movie. It's really fun. It is so rough to watch. It is. You're kind of canceled a, for that. It's a fun to be time. Let's go through Grayson's likes list and see if we find any problematic likes that Grayson. Oh, has. I like Temple of Doom. Good. Then why are you telling anybody for liking it more? I give it four stars. No, I give no, it four I'm stars not, too. I'm not shaming you. I, I just I think stars. it's crazy. It's, it's my so, favorite. It's your favorite. That's valid. It's, You're it's fun. It's You're a fun. You got. It's fun. You got um, you got sexy hot indie in his hottest Indiana. He, shows. That is his hottest role. Uh, his sweatiest Ever. role. Yeah. And then we have Key, little baby Key. Ki Kwan, amazing icon. We got Willie. Everyone hates Willie though. Willie is the most misogynistic written character of all time. She's like, she's like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. And then they go, someone says, diamonds in the in the background. And she goes, diamonds. A girl likes diamonds, and she like starts just like trying to kill herself. I never think about it. 
That's pretty great. Would every woman be willing to be mm. covered in bugs in a random remote village and not to be, be upset? Fair, the real bugs is crazy. That scene makes me gag. Yeah. And I love it. When she reaches into the hole, she's so brave for that. I heard that because it's an ultimatum. They either do a really gross scene with something else mm-hmm. or they do a bug scene. And she picked the bug scene. She's like, I, she mm-hmm. can do the other one. I forgot what it was. Yeah. I, heard it on a, I heard it on like a podcast recently where she chose the bugs because she couldn't do the other one. I need to look into that because that sounds really interesting. Yeah. I bet it's like elephant shit or something. It was something, like, it was something was weird. Really, they were really building that up. You know, um, well, my rankings are going to be Temple of Doom. Raiders, mm-hmm. Last Crusade, mm-hmm. Dial of Destiny. Okay. Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull. Yeah. And Crystal I, Skull's fun. I like Crystal Skull. It's a fun time. It's just also bad. Like, um, I want to defend it and I sort of reappraise it. Like I, I think it is better than the hate that it gets. But the narrative really falls off whenever they introduce like the quadruple spoiler alert, the quadruple agent guy who keeps switching sides and mm-hmm. it's stupid. They're like so what does that make you a triple agent and he goes no i just lied about being a double agent <laughs> it's fucking stupid i have not seen that one since it came out and they introduce him in that movie oh, i guess it's been a and years. then they like yeah it's just um i will say the cgi hasn't held up very well but they use the cgi only for stuff that you absolutely couldn't do mm-hmm. in real life like, like the aliens like the aliens like um the waterfall scene you could do they've done waterfall scenes before Mm -hmm. but not to this scale you Mm -hmm. know what i mean um and to swinging shia labeouf swinging on vines like a monkey to perfectly uh catch up with uh, a car and kick a russian lady in the face it's awesome let's talk about mutt williams real quick yeah how do you feel how do you feel about mutt I don't think he's the most horribly written character. Him swinging on vines was jumping the shark, and that's the that that is genuinely my main problem with Crystal Skull. Other than that, that's a fine movie. That one scene, yeah. I, mean, I don't care about the nuke scene. The nuke scene is cool to me. You're a defender of that. Scene. I'm a defender. It's goofy. Okay, look, listen, and this also ties into Dial of Destiny. The best Indiana Jones movie is uh, The Last Crusade, and in that movie, there is a 700 year old knight who's just chilling in a room and he's like, hello, like, you know, like he's creepy and shit. If you're okay with a 700 year old knight, if you're okay with angels of death escaping from comfort, if you're okay with, uh, what the fuck, like ripping someone's heart out in his beating, but they're still alive. You're okay with all of that in Indiana Jones, but you draw the line at like time travel or you draw the line at aliens. You are a fucking baby Well, I think man. my favorite thing about the Indiana Jones like series is like it's it's very mm-hmm. grounded in reality, mm-hmm. but also because history mm-hmm. and like the past has always been right. a conversation to be like, oh, aliens with the pyramids, or you know, right. people were like, oh, John, like Keanu Reeves is, is a time traveler because his picture is back in like the Renaissance right. days. So these things have always been in conversation. Yeah. So I think it's fun that they're pu- that they're pu- they're playing into it. It's fun. It's like cryptids and things it like is. that. Because like, you know, we don't know. We don't Bigfoot know. could fit in with the Indiana Jones canon. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you, the Yeti. <gasps> they should do that. They should Indiana do Yeti. Jones and the and the Yeti. I love Yeti. Yeti. I don't know. I, mean, I don't give a shit about Bigfoot. Okay, here's my here's a hot take. Unrelated Snow to film Yetis. at all. I do not believe in Bigfoot, but I do believe in the Yeti. Because mountains are more isolated? Or Yeah, I think because we, we've seen every inch of every forest on the planet, and we have not seen Tell it to the Bigfoot. people who went missing underground, Grayson. <laughs> Look at those tunnels. Have you seen the maps of the you're tunnels? You're right, you're right. Okay, that is true. If Bigfoot lived in those tunnels, that's different. But we have nothing that's not part but, of his. But maybe, his. If, like, maybe if people go missing, he kills them because he see, they've seen him. 
so Bigfoot kills, and that's why people go. I think that would be something parks. else. I I would believe there's some shit down there, but I wouldn't. That is. I, I want to go national but that scares me. Cause I listen to a, a podcast called Park Predators, mm. and they talk about national parks people go missing, mm-hmm. and like there's at least a hundred in each oh, park. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I want to go, but I don't want to. I don't want to die. <laughs> the Yeti just to me is like there's so many like the Yeti's and Himalayan, passes, right? And Asian? it's perfect camouflage. Yeah, they say it's right? like in the Himalaya mountains, like somewhere that's along there in Nepal. It runs through, okay. Like, uh, like I is think north of India. Himalaya. That's not a city. No, Himalaya is a region. It's the mount. It's a mountain range. The Himalayas. It's like the Appalachian Mountains or Appalachian. The Appalachian was a city. No. Uh, have you heard of the Rockies? Yeah, the National no. Rockies. Yeah. They're, it's not a city though. No. Okay, well, I didn't think about that. <laughs> the Sierra Nevada. Um, Sierra Nevada with a beer. <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love your geography knowledge. You're like, uh, Himalaya is a city. Nagasaki and Hiroshima don't exist. <laughs> okay, okay. To be fair, to be fair, we had watched well, drive my car sometime. Mm-hmm. It was this year. Yeah. Earlier this year, you watched drive my car. Yeah. And they went to Hiroshima, and I was aghast because I thought yeah. that when Hiroshima got nuked, and I'm so sorry, that it was desolated. Like in tr- like Chernobyl, right. how it became inhabitable. Right, right. So I mean, I think my reasoning behind it is pretty logic. But yeah. I've never seen anything take place in Hiroshima before. Before I mean, or I didn't yeah. pay attention, I guess. Yeah. And then I saw it because we were that movie had to be really into because it's like so right. immersive. So I was like staring at the screen. Yeah. And then I saw that and I was like, whoa, it's not dead. Well, you know what? That's the power of film, the medium, is that it educates us all. And now I'm, we learn things every day. I'm a whole uh, geograf- geographically smarter. Yeah. You are a geog- geographist. Now. Yeah. Ge- <laughs> geographist. <laughs> it's true. Geographer? Um, yeah, geographer. On to the next movie because. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so basically, I binged those and mm-hmm. I watched actually, I watched Temple of Doom. Last Crusade and um, King of the Crystal Skull in, like one, in one sitting, in yeah, one night. That. I watched like six, it, plus interruptions over six hours of Indiana Jones. And so much so that like after I watched Dial of Destiny, I was like, I was like, what's next? Like I need to watch more indie. Like, yeah. I felt so connected with the character because I'd just been so ingrained in it. And I will say this, the people who are hating on Dial of Destiny, mm-hmm. Are they did not rewatch all of them back to back to back? I can tell you that right now. I can tell you that right now. Grayson did. I did. I did not, but I still enjoyed it. Makes I gave me it, an authority. I gave it four stars. I loved it. Yes. Okay. So let's jump into Dial of Destiny because it's very controversial. It's something we could talk about. It flopped. It it bombed low key, but it, it's not the bomb that people think it is. It's just that old people take a while to get out to see movies, and so it's actually making a lot of money later. You know, mm-hmm. like it's really catching up. Uh, but it's never gonna make back that three hundred million. Yeah, I'm check the I'm check the records. Keep talking. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, okay, we went to see it early morning. It was, it was early. It was like, like nine. nine fifty. Nine fifty. Yeah. Um, I closed the night before. I was exhausted. I went in with the lowest expectations possible. Uh, I'd heard horrible things. Um, I know that like it, I knew that it had like time rifts that they fly through. So I was like, oh god, it's gonna be young CGI indie fighting with old indie. They're going to be like trading one-liners and then double-punching Nazis, well, which would be fun, but would, have they made it back? 252.5 million. They're getting there. They're getting they're there. Gonna, they're going to make even. It's they're not going to earn the money, They'll but they will even. break even. Well, and then on residuals and things like that, yeah. they probably will make make it back. Yeah. Um, 
I'm saying it had legs and people just I, I, film Twitter annoys the shit out of me because they write stuff off before it's released. They're yeah. already writing off Napoleon. Yeah. They're already writing off, you know, killers. Well, killers of Flower Moon. It depends. That second trailer well, they don't like. Well, and I kind of like the second it. trailer. It depends. The first one was better though. Yeah, the first one was better. I liked it. It was just more. The second one feels tonally off, but it is a fun trailer. I happened with like, the Nope trailer. Do you remember the Nope trailer? The second one was kind of tonally different the than the nope. first trailer. I don't know the Nope. The Nope? Nope. Oh, Gordon nope. Peele Nope. Yeah. You said the Nope. Oh, sorry. <laughs> nope trailer. Yeah. No, yeah. So it was like that. We were all like, what is this? Yeah. The, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because Dial of Destiny is not a perfect film. No. I think we, everyone would agree on but that. But it's impossible to live up to those standards of the first three. You can't. And it's better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And honestly, okay, so like I said, I was worried that it was going to be like this time travel gimmick was going to be throughout, this CGI de-aging was going to be throughout, like it was going to just be a rough watch. And they were surprisingly, like, restrained with their fan service. Mm -hmm. I think so, too. Fan service. They didn't... Uh, the characters were well, well written. Mm -hmm. It was an interesting villain. People were saying that Mads was really hollow, and we both, after watching it, were like, Mads was great. Mads was great. Mads I was need great. you to defend Phoebe Waller-Bridge because people are always... Yes. I think Grayson makes some really good points. We had this yeah. conversation on the, on the way home. So the character of Indiana Jones, his, if you watch The Last Crusade, the best one, you see that his father was absentee because he was driven near madness like he's a real quirky character because he's just only after this this holy grail the his whole life and everyone writes him off as a crazy guy as a madman whatever and so indy is this kind of impetuous like he's like rebellious and he like he's really self-reliant and everything because of the way that he he had to learn that by himself from having an absentee father mm -hmm. phoebe waller bridgers and here's my minor spoilers has a father who is driven mad by his obsession with an artifact. And to top things off, her godfather, Indy, is not in her life because he's off chasing other artifacts. And he, he's not there for her when, he need, when she needs him. And so she's this, you know, bold, braggadocious, like, like kind of scallywag sort of character. Mm -hmm. You know, she's totally swashbuckling and fun. And she exhibits almost every characteristic that Indy has through his earlier films. Now that he's older, he's a little wiser, but he still kind of has the same aspects. What's interesting is people want to write her off as an annoying character or as a brash character, as someone who's just like, oh, she's so uh, hashtag like feminine, whatever. What is it about her that's different from Indy? Mm -hmm. like, like, I don't want to be that person who's like, everything's about like, you know, this, but like, it is rooted in sexism that people dislike her character because she's really well written. Mm -hmm. She's fun. She she gets so many moments to shine. To to, I just love so many scenes with her. And I, I don't want to talk too much about. No, I know. Her. I think like her moral her moral mm -hmm. compass is the best part about her because think about mm -hmm. it. Like she grew up alone. She only had mm -hmm. like a chosen family basically, mm -hmm. which is the little boy mm -hmm. uh, Teddy. I think was mm -hmm. his name. And then this guy that she knew when he was she was a kid comes mm -hmm. back and she has to make a choice. Be like, do I choose what I've been what I've been doing or right. what. I used to know. And it's just kind of like this mm -hmm. moral dilemma, moral compass that people like she's dealing with. I think it's a really right. good job of like balancing that out. She's an identical character to Indy in Temple of Doom. Like they're the same level of maturity and things like that. And mm -hmm. they actually have a very similar arc. Indy's kind of in deep with these uh, Chinese like brokers who yes, are yes. like trying to get artifacts from yeah. him and double crossing him. 
and she has a very similar setup. Uh, her character is very, she's kind of like, I mean, people were comparing her to the other Lucasfilms property to Rey in Last Jedi. Um, I heard someone talk about that. Um, and I just don't see that necessarily. Not that Rey's even a bad, poorly written character. I think, I think she wasn't given justice, narratively speaking. Mm-hmm. But her character itself is, the worst thing you can say of it is that it's derivative of Luke. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, and and sure, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character might be derivative, but I really, I think watching her performance and watching what her character does, it's really not. Like, she's very interesting to watch, very bombastic. Yeah, very, like, and I heard that she wrote a lot of her, she wrote the script mm-hmm. around her part, so she mm-hmm. so she wrote the female character. I love uh, that she did Fleabag, transcendental comedy, like, amazing. And then she has just switched over to doing, like, she just seems really interested in, like, fun adventure films. Like, she's doing the Tomb Raider series. Oh, that's right. She know. is doing that. She's really excited about that. Like, she's taking it upon herself to be kind of the face of, like, you know, feminine edge in adventure. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah swashbuckling feminism. Your favorite, yeah. I love that. I fuck with that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see Cutthroat Island? Would you know Davis? Yeah. No, but I've seen some of it. Oh, my God. I haven't seen it, but I want to watch People that. People hate that movie. Those. And, yeah, it's goofy as shit, but that's a fun... You just... You get a little... You get a little... Well... Under the influence, <laughs> that is a blast. I don't, I don't do that much. But. It rivals Pirates of the Caribbean, where one is an amazing film and the other is has a really hot version of what's his name? Uh, it starts with an M. He was in Stranger Things. Matthew Modine. Oh yes. And he is a fine. Does he have as long hair in this movie? Yes. Swipe and yeah, yeah, I remember. You see him there? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. He looks like uh, Carrie Elwes in Princess Bride. He does a little bit, but he looks a little older. Like, he's got kind of this more, like, like naturally masculine kind of thing going on rather than, like, twinked up. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's giving the pirate with, um, yeah. fuck, Clark Gable? Is Clark, is that Clark? Am I right about that? Take your shot every time Grayson says the words twink. So far, I think we're at three shots. <laughs> <laughs> the pirate. Gene Kelly. Oh, okay. For some reason, I always get those two confused, even though they're. Very you know what? Different. I need to. I need to watch Cutthroat Island because I really love Gina Davis. Yes, and she's she is beautiful amazing. She's amazing. Stuart Little's mom. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> that she is Stuart Little's mom. That's awesome. Oh, Renny Harlan did um, Nightmare on Street Four. Yep. Yes. And Cutthroat and Island. And a long kiss goodnight. And Deep Blue Gina Sea. Davis again. Deep Blue Sea. Fun. He, he makes fun movies, and they're all kind of misfires. The thing with Cutthroat Island is that it was so expensive. Like, it was apparently, like, super, super expensive, and it didn't make a dime. It made nothing. Yeah, no, I, I think it killed his career. It did. Yeah. Damn. And fun it put, movie, It put Gina Davis on ice for a little bit. It, it really it, did, Which is yeah. sucks, Gina Davis is amazing. Yeah, but there's a part where this guy gets hit by a cannonball, and it just, like, fucking <laughs> takes him out. It's so fun. Go watch it. Um, what else? What else? What so that's what you watched up until yeah. Dial. So Dial of Destiny, I really do think that it's it will be. I, my I go read my review on Letterboxd. I, I don't like to plug my reviews, but that one I feel good about the way it was written. I felt like it was concise enough, and I genuinely think that like it, it says better than I can say here. Like it's, it's yeah. more articulate. You're good with your words. I just like it just pisses me off that like people want to write something off, and then there's so much bandwagoning because it premiered at Con, mm-hmm. right? To essentially negative reviews because it's con why would you premiere yeah, a, a yeah, yeah indie yeah. there you know a schlocky blockbuster kind yeah, of thing there's con films and mm-hmm. then other films mm-hmm. and is it a con film no no is it a bad film and they did no. it with elemental too and elemental yeah. got poor reviews 
and then people find out, oh, it's just actually a really good Pixar movie. Like, yeah. Elemental is good. It's about the immigrant families. I think it's, I think yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about it. It's good. But then if you looked at the reviews whenever it first came out from Khan, it was like 50%. Mm-hmm. And you look at, you know, Dial of Destiny, same deal. But it's had this kind of resurgence after the reviews have been coming out. And I mean, it clearly has some level of appeal. And people like, okay, I'm going to drop the name because who gives a shit? Shafferlass Productions or whatever on Letterboxd, one of the most annoying accounts. He is the number one bandwagoner. What he does, if you look at all of his reviews, is they do not differentiate from the early letterbox reviews, although he's not seeing it first. Mm-hmm. He might see it a little early, but then he'll basically just say the same things, even if it's just bandwagoning. Like, he's like, a, a near, un, an unmitigated disaster. What? Did we watch the same film? Like, he's like, there's no directorial trademarks. James Mangold has always been a solid blockbuster maker mm-hmm. with very little stylistic you know, trademarks. You know who else is a solid blockbuster maker with no stylistic trademarks? Say it. Ridley Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we we don't hate Ridley Scott. I'm not saying that to fault him. But you can't necessarily tell a Ridley Scott film just by watching it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's annoying that that's something that people are trying to level against directors nowadays that Mm -hmm. like... They have to have a signature, they have to have a style. Right, yeah. But I mean, like, not all directors have to do that. Like, some of the best directors, it's not about technique, it's about, like... I mean, technique is obviously a very important part of it, but you don't have to always do the same. Like, the crane shot, or the -the over-the-head shot, or, like, the running shot. Like, it's it's like, that's just... Exactly. More like a fun Easter egg, I think, for I would say Christopher McQuarrie, as much as he is, like creating amazing stunt driven films and you can kind of see he is sort of developing a specific style the almost gopro shot of that handy cam Mm -hmm. you're really starting to get more of that in the later mission impossibles which i can't wait to talk about we'll get there we'll get there um no yeah that's i'm I'm gonna wrap up dial of destiny unless you have more to say on it with just that like it's it's a good film and you should go and see it because the people who are telling you that it's bad yeah are just Cowards, and and in ten years they'll all be saying, actually, this was a great movie. Like I mean, I think with like reviewers, it's either like it's great or it's bad. Nothing with being like, there's nothing with being like, you know what? It's an it's a good film. It's an okay film. Solid film, fun. It's a a little long. Like I think nowadays, being a fun movie is Mm -hmm. deemed a bad movie. Right. Like or like, I feel like we kind of lost that in like to Mm -hmm. like 2010s, but like early Mm -hmm. 2000s, like oh, this is bad Mm -hmm. because it's fun. We kind of got rid of it, and now we're back into that again. I feel like. Well, it's tough because, like, Marvel and its aftermath have been really interesting. Like, people have had to kind of feel like they pick a side for the culture war or whatever. Mm -hmm. And not every Marvel movie is bad. I mean, look at Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That was Mm -hmm. a great movie. Mm -hmm. Um, You can create good films within the medium, even in the state that it's in. Yeah. If all you can do is self-referential canon, it doesn't mean... I mean, look at Mm Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse... All it is is like, hey, look, there's that Spider-Man from that thing. Hey, look, there's that. And it's essentially the same thing that Marvel does where it's like, hey, recognize this person. Mm-hmm. Keys dangling in front of you. Like, but I'm not. I love Spider-Verse. And I, and I really liked Indiana Jones. As long as they restrain themselves with the amount of fan service and, and they are more focused. <clears throat> excuse me. They're more focused on telling a, a narrative that's compelling. Mm-hmm and pushes the characters forward and creates further canon. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fine. 
it just pisses me off that everyone wants to act like like just because something is a legacy sequel mm-hmm. it's gonna be bad look mm-hmm. at top gun maverick yeah look at tron legacy kaczynski yeah. does a great job tron legacy i forgot that was another yeah. good one too joseph kaczynski what's he doing next he's doing something big next an f1 movie right Yes, with Brad Pitt. With Brad Pitt, yes. Yeah. Oh, and he looks so sexy. So, 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 so. <laughs> <laughs> That's twink, very twink, true. Twink, 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 twink. Are you drunk yet? Are, we, are you guys drunk yet? <laughs> are you drunk yet? So I watched this movie. I've been wanting to watch it for a long time, but it was nominated for an international feature last year. Uh, called Close. Remember, I read that one. It's, it's like the one about those two like preteen boys who are yes. really good friends. Yeah, you mentioned that in the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so sad so sad so sad so so sad. Sad. I wait no that's not the one you mentioned yeah no i remember you meant in in text yeah i, I texted yes. you guys about that one yeah yeah you were like should i do this and i was like i'm literally like half asleep and i check my phone i'm like i go back to sleep and then i've just the next morning i open my phone i just see like you're like i'm so sad <laughs> it's a sad movie, but it's a good mm-hmm. movie because like it really deals with like toxic masculinity mm-hmm. with like preteens and being like how right. like male relationships mm. um, like they aren't sought as like mm-hmm. they're like they're gay, right? You know what I mean? Like right. like two two guys can't be affectionate without it being like into mm. each other. And even if, even if it was like it was like subtly hinted that they were in the movie, right? But even then, it's just kind of like um, with like society. Like even now, it's twenty twenty three, and like that's still like a very taboo kind of thing. Oh yeah, and like it, it's it's hard to see because like it's important for anybody, mm-hmm. like two mm-hmm. guys, two women, like. I men. Mean, this is something that has been leveled against us a yeah. lot. Like that's yes. actually a very personal thing too, because it's like we are both. I, I'm we're both queer to an extent. Like you're gay, I'm bi, and because we are close friends, anytime that we brush shoulders or arm over the shoulder or mm-hmm. something any way that i would if i was with one of my straight friends heteronormative friends mm-hmm. no problems but because you're gay and i'm bi you think we're hooking <laughs> up people think we're hooking up we're doing something like yeah. that was a big thing when i first got there and exactly. i was like Oof. and that happened to get like with zach because mm-hmm. zach and i mm-hmm. zach loves to hug he's right. he's an italian he's a big hugger mm-hmm. we hug like mm-hmm. we like he'll kiss me on the cheek like right. you know i was like hey good, good night you know yeah. and like people were like so you and Zach and I was like we're mm-hmm. friends like you can have friends with an, a level right. of an affection because it's healthy for people to have affection like it's very healthy yeah. for people to get affection showing physical affection for other people should be a natural normal thing in America especially it's really kind of stigmatized and for gay men especially in a platonic sense stigmatized um, it's weird, you know, mm-hmm. like you said in Europe, like they kiss each other on the cheek. They, you know, it's, it's this kind of different, there's just different like barriers and boundaries that society tries to impose on people in terms of like showing intimacy in a platonic fashion, which is interesting. Yeah. So yeah. It, it covers that. It's, but it, it, mm-hmm. it gets a little sad, but it's really good. Recommend it. That's one of the films mm-hmm. besides getting into start crying again <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no i'm just kidding that's, that's not like I'm cry. you're close to crying you're you're close oh. to tears <laughs> oh we're playing another shot oh so before <laughs> Stop. are you drunk yet have you seen night moves no i haven't um, i i loved it that's uh right right 
Kelly. That's Kelly Reichardt. No. No? No, it's Arthur Penn is the director. It's got Gene Hackman. Why do I think that's Kelly? I don't know what you're thinking about. With, 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 um, Jesse Eisenberg. Kelly. No, that's, uh, something else. What am I thinking now? I think Dakota Fanning's in that one, or is it Mike Monroe? It's something like that. Night Moves. Is it a remake? Three Radical Environmentalist? No, 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 no. Oh. Different Night Moves. Different Night Moves. This is the 1975 Night Moves. Heard. I'm looking at 2013. This one is a private detective finds a missing girl and like this whole thing. But um, no, it's really good. It's really good. It's a 1970s neo-noir film. Mm, um, love. It's literally on your watch list, Grayson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you said with Gene Hackman and that sounds familiar. But I'm no, just, like I just have seen this recently and look at the cast for that. Dakota, no, okay, Fanning, Dakota Fanning, Jesse yeah, Eisenberg, right, yeah. Peter Sartre, I want to watch Ali that one. Shaw Cat. Catherine Watterson. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a sucker for neo-noir films. Oh, yeah. Especially like oh, 70s, 70s neo-noir films. Oh, yeah. I think the 70s are my highest rated like genre or decade on Letterboxd. Any film that has like neo in it is like, you yeah. know, yeah. neo-westerns, neo-noir, mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. The Matrix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> You're like, when, where's the punchline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I got it. I got yeah. it. I got you. Yeah. But I want to see um, The French Connection, which is another 1970s yes. neo-noir that he's in. Yes. And it's, um, leaving, it's leaving Criterion this month, so I got to watch it soon. Who who leads that? Gene Hackman. That's Gene Hackman in the lead? Yeah. Is that the original? 1971. Gene oh, Hackman. Fuck, I thought it was someone else. I mean, Fernando Ray, Roy Schneider is in it, or Scheider. The French Connection. I've seen By a Friedkin? lot. I've seen a lot of Friedkin films this year. That is Gene Hackman. Oh my god. Yeah, I've heard that. There's a scene from that that like, they're like doing practical stunts, of course, because mm-hmm. what else could you do back then? <clears throat> of like a car driving through and just almost hitting a bunch of people, and like it's so wildly dangerous the way that they made it. Yeah, William Friedkin, you freak, you freak, freak, freakin, freaked in. Today is the episode of puns, but watch Night Moves. <coughs> it's good. It's an hundred minutes. Super mm-hmm. second hour forty. Mm-hmm. I can bat at math. Hour fifty. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Four and a half stars. Right. Juicy heart. Juicy heart. Um, Juicy drop pop. Before I get into anything else, we yes. also caught up on our Mission Impossible journey. We did. We finished the last three movies before Dead Reckoning. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm a funny guy. You know, I'm a, I'm a weird little. Some I'm a little would say weirdo. Too funny. Some would say, <laughs> and so for me. <laughs> I sometimes look at a film and I go, this is the greatest film ever made, but this it's not is, necessarily this my is favorite film ever made. This is true. Like, um, for instance, Mission Impossible Fallout, I think is one of the greatest action films ever made. I don't think that's true of Rogue Nation, but I prefer Rogue Nation over Fallout. Why is that? Why is that? I don't know. <sighs> you tell us. I don't know. I, just think, I think Rogue Nation feels more like the original Mission Impossible. It's got this kind of espionage element. The action sequences are less like punch, kick, fight. Although there is that, right? But it's more focused on like sneaking and infiltration, which is weird because Mission Impossible has very little like infiltration scenes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In Mm -hmm. in retrospect, um, even though that was its hallmark, that was what started it and kicked it off. Um, So that... I love the diving scene. I love them breaking in and, yeah. and how close everything is. 
the, the concert scene singing. is so fun they really use the masks in really fun ways all the elements that make mission impossible interesting mm-hmm. and different from other series like different from bond different from you know whatever the fuck action film like those aspects outside of just the stunts are being used those trademarks are being used in yeah. really interesting ways in rogue nation that they aren't as much in other films it's pretty it's pretty good in fallout the twists and stuff although they seem a little predictable on a rewatch i would say i mean you've seen it well but i mean like i would say that i felt like you could predict it you know what i mean watching it well also i kind of knew it was coming right because i i you know it's been a couple years and twitter so i kind of knew that he was right a villain i didn't know in what aspect like he was with uh, right and I, I remember it being like a big revelatory twist. But I the think thing is... he played Superman, so you know I said to be a bad guy. Yeah. But what's weird is like, not even not even in the second, it's, it's still kind of the first act when he kind of reveals himself to be the bad guy. Spoiler alert. You know? It's like he hands over the phone and does that lie thing. And I'm, I remember that being way later in the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Um, they really don't bury the lead. But it is fun on a rewatch too, especially to know right away that like that twist is coming and yet at the beginning they both characters ilsa and ethan both save him Mm -hmm. and it's like oh fuck stop don't do that they're fun i loved i loved it i also love ghost Mm -hmm. protocol because we watched that like after the award last time protocol has one of my favorite scenes in the whole series and it's not the tower the tower is fun it's cool it's when she takes her shoes off and you oh (laughs) come on now uh no, it is when it's the prison break. The prison mm-hmm. break scene. The opening scene? It's just so good. It's so cool. It's like, I, I don't know. It's just very fun. It's a fun scene. It's cool. It it, it, it feels like they're mythologizing his character more yeah. than they have in the others. Yeah, yeah, I think you said that even like in the new one. We'll get to that later, but you even oh, said yeah. that they're doing that a little bit too. Oh, yeah. They're kind of bringing that back. Um, the new one, I would say as a little preface, like a little spoiler alert for what I'm going to say mm-hmm. later, not for mm-hmm. the movie itself. It feels less like the Christopher McQuarrie ones before it and more like the Brad Bird ones. It feels like almost like Brad Bird directed it. I remember you saying that. I remember you saying that. I don't know if that makes sense. I think it has similar editing. I think it has similar pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to do anything else before we jump into the Mission Impossible? I, I want to. I want to know how you feel. Did you cover? Did you watch anything else you want to talk about before Mission Impossible? Yeah, actually, I I do. Okay, so because Mission Impossible is most recent, we actually just watched that last last night. Two nights ago. Night before. Yeah. The last few. Like I said, it was so busy. Technically, it was Tuesday morning. True. 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 <laughs> so I actually watched a lot, and I don't want to talk about all of them. I'll do a quick cover. Go ahead. Because go. Katie and I did that switch off where I watched the Twilight films oh, for yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She watched. I made her watch movies that she would never agree to, but I think she would like. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. She loved. Mm-hmm. Loved. She can't wait to watch the second one. Tough, and I knew movie. she would. Fun um, movie. Holds up really well. Zach was telling me there's a black and chrome version or a black and white version mm-hmm. where the the skeleton effects look even better because in color the CGI looks a little worse. Yeah. It still holds up, yeah. but. Yeah, there's, you know, the yeah. fight where they're switching between in the moonlight and out of it. So cool, oh, man. I had to watch those. I have not seen those in so long. Controversial. I want to know what people... Message me. Tell me who if you think that Will Turner or Jack Sparrow is hotter. I need to know. Because Jack Sparrow is dirty, in my opinion. And Will Turner 
is a sexy guy. I'm I'm Team Will Turner. I'm Team Will Turner. I'm he's a he's a sexy young bootstrap pirate. Yes, sir. Swashbuckling sexy. Oh yeah. Fiend. Although I will say I did not remember this when I was little. At the end of the first one, they when he embraces being a pirate and everything, and the triumphant ending, he comes out in the world. <laughs> He's wearing like this this highwayman outfit with the big feather, and it's just they just ditch that completely in the next one because they're like, "What the fuck did we do?" <laughs> it's just not a good fit. Mm. Then I also made her watch Alien, and I made her watch Drive. Alien holds up, classic, just cosmic horror. I think it's better. Not I think it's Avery, the best apparently. one of all of them. Uh, Aliens is great. It's an action film. Yeah, not to Avery. Avery, if you're listening to this, what the fuck is wrong with you? She said, it's I, three stars. <laughs> Alien is one of the great. Okay, whatever. Love Ridley Scott. Um, and then Drive, amazing. Reffin's best, in my opinion. Just a really, really solid film. The way it's paced out. The way it's so cathartic to watch, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's also heartbreaking and sad, and his character is so interesting. There's so much there. I really want to read the book. I had a friend. Um, she read it in middle school. We were, like, in eighth grade, and she was ready to drive, and I was like, at the time, I was like, isn't that, like, too much for us? <laughs> or isn't, I have never seen Drive. Yet? I need to watch that. You need I've to. I've never seen it. ASAP. It, Ryan Gosling's role in that is amazing. And then, you know what's a good double feature? that with the nice guys because because oh, yeah they're opposite performances one of them is the quietest most autistic performance of all time and the other one is the loudest most autistic no, <laughs> i love my guy Gosling. he's um, one of my favorites he's the reason that canada is redeemed in my eyes but to trade off with those i watched the last of the twilight series i'd already watched eclipse mm-hmm. i watched breaking dawn and breaking dawn part two Part one and part two. Yeah. Part two, not bad. Part two lived, lived up to the hype in a way. It was like probably the second best in the series. Um, but Breaking Dawn part one, it's interesting. It's the first one in a while since mm-hmm. Eclipse and New Moon that looked like an actual movie that like was shot in a way because uh, what's his name? Billy, Billy Condon. Yeah. Billy, Bill Condon is like an actual director. Like mm-hmm. he's established. Do you know what I mean? And he brings a solid lens to it, but the subject matter, what's happening? It's it's uh, it's it's anti-choice, pro-grooming. Oh. What? Oh, and the second full one. Full of the first one. Oh, the part one. Part one. Yeah. And it's full of so much like weird fetish shit that it makes the whole series. It kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth for the whole thing. If you if it, I'm just so oh god, it was it was a hard watch and long and boring. I just did not like it. I give it one star. That's a one Damn. star. I have very few one stars. You do have very yeah. few one stars. Um, that's, a, that's a very that's a mm-hmm. eventful week. Oh, I made her watch one other and I forgot Wait, to mention it. Star Wars A New Hope. Oh, I saw that. Yes. And she didn't love it. She, <laughs> I wanted her to, but it's tough because I knew A New Hope wouldn't, but she can't just jump right into you know, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. She would love Empire Strikes Back. A New Hope, okay. It was a bit more tedious than I remember on a rewatch. Yeah. It's one of those five-star movies that you kind of can't give a lower score. I give it four. But I also... I give it four for a few I reasons. I too. It... The version that I watched... And when I was little, I don't know where I saw it or what, but I grew up watching the original cut where Han shoots first and stuff like that, even though that's all been burnt or something. Oh, the despecialized versions? Yeah. Yeah. I guess they, they probably have despecialized somewhere. Like, that's probably what I saw. But... I or maybe someone just had a VHS or something, I don't know. 
but to now watch it and have that cgi forced in and the scene where he goes out of the thing and talks to jabba and stuff it's just hard to watch it's tonally dissonant it doesn't hold up i don't know what the fuck he was doing it's weird whenever an auteur can't leave their shit alone you already did it mm-hmm. you did the good job mm-hmm. leave it the fuck alone what are you doing yeah. it's so tough to have a beautiful shot and have a cgi like camel alien walk through and cover the whole frame yeah. The whole thing, it, just the side of it, you can't even tell what it is. It's like, what the fuck is this? What is this? Hard watch. I put the same way too because we, we watched them at work. So we watched them mm-hmm. late at night. I think I went to two or three of them, two mm-hmm. out of the, the first two. Mm-hmm. And I have the first one, I said, because I remember watching it, my brother loved them. So I watched them a lot growing up. Mm-hmm. And when I watched it, I was like, I'm kind of bored. Yeah. It's a little long, longer the than I thought. One I was in, really feeling the it. The performances are not what I remember them. Like, they're super hammy. But I, I know that's part of the appeal in a way because it's an opera like mm-hmm. it is a space opera and that's fun yeah but you got king of the twinks hammy. luke skywalker yeah his performance in that was tough i'll be honest like everyone else was fine old ben amazing you know oh, yeah mr obi-wan <laughs> Ooh. um i just had a hard time re-watching it and, and that was one of my favorite movies growing up i could watch yeah. that a hundred times and I probably did. I've probably seen that movie more than I've seen any <laughs> movie. Like, and I said about a lot, but that one, seriously, like, my no, dad would put it on too. like every week. You know, I used to play the, the Lego Star Wars games and yeah. stuff. With my brother. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, I, Lego, like, I want to play Lego Indiana Jones again. But Empire is just movies. amazing. And I think on a rewatch, and and this is crazy. I think Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. I might like more than New Hope, mm. which is crazy because it's always been, in my opinion, the weakest of the trilogy. Well, let's find out. We're, let's find we're out. on a journey now with Grace and see what he thinks about his Ooh. new films. Those are good. Those are good movies. Yeah, it was it was very good. And then not to mention all the Mission Impossible's. You yeah. know what I mean? It was a good yeah. couple. Well, of I mean, weeks. to be fair, we were gone for two weeks. Yeah, good couple of technically. weeks. Technically, um, the ones I'm going to cover real quick that mm-hmm. I watched before we yes. get to Dead Reckoner. Give us the, the deets. Um, so I finished a three part documentary. That's five hours. Each episode. Each right? episode is like four to five hours. It covers. So it's it, that's fifteen hours total. Yeah. You freak. I don't watch them on one night. I watch them okay. every, like in like every couple Still. months. Still. But I, put, I, I finished this one in one night. <laughs> oh my God. Well, because I was bored and lonely. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'll put it. I love documentaries, especially about movies. Right. Um, but it's called in, in Search of Darkness Part 3. And it covers 80s horror. Love. Like every every inch of it. Every decade. Love. Like every year gets their own specific segment. Like there'll be actors on actors like d wallace they had like cool. lenea quigley like if you love horror like mm. this is a great watch mm. like it's a great documentary and mm-hmm. it really just talks about like how important 80s horror was to like culture oh yeah but um yeah recommend it it's good it's, it's long but you know it's uh, one thing about documentaries is you can mm-hmm. literally stop it like a decade and just like just pause it there and then come right. back to it so it's it's, it's a nice they have nice little breaks that's true a little segment so yeah um it's good i liked it loved it juicy heart then I watched um, Mississippi Masala, which is I got at the Criterion Barnes and Noble sale. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. It's a cute little romance movie mm-hmm. about an interracial couple, and it's one of them not being white is always a big thing. It's about an yes. Indian girl and a black man yeah. in Mississippi, and how cultures still divide. But it's interesting because um, it doesn't go from like they hate black people. It's right. like they grew up in Africa because of the uh, when Indians were brought to Africa to build trains. So a lot of Indians grew up in Africa. Interesting. So like the story is like they grew up in like 
uh, I forgot what place in Africa, but they grew up at, oh, Uganda. Mm-hmm. Like the family did. Mm-hmm. Like both of her parents did. And she grew up as a little girl. So, they, so like, they're used to like black people and Africans mm-hmm. and the culture. And then they were forced to leave because the train was done. Mm-hmm. So it kind of covers like that. It's it's a really interesting take about like two cultures being mm-hmm. thing in like an interracial romance. It's really good. It's got a young Denzel. It's got a young Sarita. Like check it out. It's really good. I loved it. Huh. Um, yeah. That sounds really cool. I I've never. You made a really good point there. Um, that like every film about like an interracial couple, star-crossed lovers, kind mm-hmm. of things like facing persecution. There's always like a white woman or a white guy involved to like, I guess, appeal to the Western eye. You yeah. know what I mean? So it is interesting to have a story that's about a black man and an Indian woman mm-hmm. like facing persecution, facing whatever, or, or just finding love. You know what I mean? Like, it's very interesting. It's it's really good. Are you can borrow it. I have it. I'll check it out. The cover of that it's Criterion so edition, beautiful. Gorgeous. Love that poster. I watched Small Soldier for the first time. Yes. What's that? Yeah, so I haven't seen it since I was little, so I couldn't tell you a thing about it except that it's fun as fuck. I have never seen movie. it at all. <laughs> it's funny too, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's got, got like, a young a like young a... Kirsten Dunst isn't it. Yes, yeah. It's kind of got. If I remember right, it's kind of a, a Home Alone E.T. Yeah, kind of thing going yeah. on. Gremlins kind of thing going on. Yeah, it's very like yeah. kind of like young, like older, it's like it's Spielberg-ish. Yeah. Who who directed that? Is that Spielberg? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. It's, it's, it's Joe Dante. Yes. Gremlins. I just remember that from Gremlins. Yes. The burbs, the howling. Like he did. Oh, he kind of slapped. He kind of he kind of eat it up with his filmography. Let's go, Joe Dante. But it was fun. I had you love the burbs. You're huh? a burb head. I do love the burbs. When people mention that movie to me, I'm like, you know, it's pretty good. Elijah loves that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to him about it. The burbies. <laughs> but it was funny because it was a fun time. We went out to drinking, and then afterwards mm-hmm. we went to Zach's place. Me, Christy, and Zach were laying in his bed, just watching it. Beth was sitting in a little chair. Fun. It was a fun time. Don't sit time. so close. It was a fun You'll time. You'll ruin your eye. <laughs> <laughs> the Alamo reel. And then I also watched Mosquito Coast. Oh, Harrison dude, Ford. We, oh my God, really? Yeah. I've heard it's good. Yeah. I Peter Weir. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Truman Show. Dead yeah. Boy Society. Um, Gallipo. Witness. Yes, Gallipo. What's this one? What's this one? Oh, The Master and the Commander from the Far Side of the Hall. Yes. Home. One of my favorite <laughs> movies ever. So... Did you know that? I fucking love. No, that I actually movie. didn't know that. I love That's Master and Commander. That's one of my secret favorites. It. Like, because it's just favorites? it's it's low key boring, but it's really good. It's you should, we should watch it. We That's should watch a, it. I'm gonna watch this. Ooh, it's a banger. Um, but because we mm-hmm. know how we have the at work, we have like the the pre show, mm-hmm. and so they're talking about Indiana Jones and River Phoenix. River mm-hmm. Phoenix being his son in the Mosquito Coast. Yes, I love River Phoenix. Big yes. River Phoenix head. Yeah. So I was like, oh my god, I've never seen this before, and I love Harrison Ford. And I love a 70s and 80s Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah. I think this was the 70s. Well, I saw someone talking about how weird it is and, and cool it is for Harrison Ford to be in the prime of his career. And then where he's like seen as this kind of like hero between Han Solo mm-hmm. and Indy. And to to pick a, a, a relatively indie film about really tough topics where he plays an antagonist, an antagonistic yeah. force is really interesting because that can really hurt someone's image. It's so anti like studio, like that kind of yeah, thing doesn't yeah, fly yeah. these days. And for him to take that role and to to do that was really cool. And it's crazy to think about that. I think Han Solo, not Han Solo, that Harrison Ford mm-hmm. really is probably one of the most like, like prolific actors because he uh-huh. was in so many things. Star mm-hmm. Wars, 
Indiana Jones, Blade yeah. Runner. He was uh, he did all the, Jack Ryan. Yeah, right? Jack Ryan stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say Jack Reacher on accident. Uh, so he he's been in, he has so many different mm-hmm. properties that nobody else has. Right. And they were all pretty much successful in their own right. He's just a great leading man. Great leading man. He also has his like his like his like red scare like the right. Air Force he's One. He's just so anti. He's so anti Hollywood bullshit. You know what I mean? Which is fun to watch. I, I heard this great um, or I read this great uh, little. Uh, anecdote mm-hmm. from I forgot her name the, uh, the mamas and the papas is it something Carter right um, she was saying that you know she went to see Star Wars in theaters and it was like oh it was Saturday it's just kind of a normal day and uh, didn't really know what was in for her she's like everybody's going to see this it's already been out for a couple weeks she went to see it super high and um, she saw Harrison Ford as Han Solo and was like what the fuck? That's my drug dealer. <laughs> He's just on screen. It's like, what the hell? That's funny. Um, but yeah, no, I loved it. It's a nice little jungle, like Helen Mirren's mm-hmm. in it. I a young it's Martha. an intense watch. Right? It is intense. The ending is crazy. They, so there's actually an Apple TV series. Yes, with, you know Ger- with Justin Thoreau. Yeah, Justin Thoreau. Because his dad wrote it. His dad wrote it. Or his really? dad is the writer of the Mosquito Coast, the book. If You're I'm telling not- me Justin Thoreau, Captain Sexy. Captain David Lynch Muse is I met a, him. You met him? Was yeah. he a sex scene really? Yeah. I'm yeah. a picture of him. He is an Epo baby, is what you're telling I'm me? I'm pretty right sure. Now? I could be wrong. <sighs> Tough. Um Oh, I think his uncle. His oh, uncle's the writer. Yeah. Kind of like a Coppola situation. Yeah. So his uncle cool. wrote uh, Mosquito Coast. Cool. And then his nephew plays the lead in the I've heard the series is pretty good. Um, I'd watch for Justin Thoreau. I'd need to watch the movie first, but I, I, I really do want to watch that. I've heard it's... Uh, I rented it. was like $3. I've heard it been compared to... Um, what's the Ver- Herzog movie um, where they where they try to pull the ship over the mountain? Mm. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Um, but I found a read a review about the Mosquito Coast, and it's, mm-hmm. it's really funny. It's, it's the Swiss Family Robinson meets what this what, American Psycho kind of, right? Because the yeah. dad is the dad is psychotic. Yeah, he like he wants to form perfect society, and yeah. he like, won't let anybody like. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of a freak in that way. Um, what is the what is the Werner Herzog movie? Aguirre or Aguirre, the Wrath of God. I think that wait no 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 not a gear I'm being mm. stupid. Fitzcarraldo. I've heard it's compared to Fitzcarraldo a little bit. How do you spell Herner? Uh, Werner. Oh. W. And then Herzog. Not Herner Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen how much? How much of this have you seen of his uh, filmography? Um, oh one percent. Madagascar. <laughs> the penguins of Madagascar. <laughs> I've seen two, three movies. Two. I've seen two of his movies, plus a bunch of like I've seen a lot of documentaries and stuff about him and like interviews, because I went through a little phase where I was like, whoa! But I actually didn't watch that many movies from him. But I well, he did Jack Reacher. Style. Oh wait, no, no, he acted oh, it's an in actor. That. I know, yeah, actor of. Okay, uh, so I've actually director. haven't seen any of his directors. You haven't seen Grizzly Man? No, I haven't. Watch Grizzly Man. So if you like documentaries, that is a t- that's a hard watch. It's beautiful though. Okay, I'll put it. It's really well directed, and I watched one called Lo and Behold about the internet, and that one was kind of oh a dud. this one, yeah it was a oh well no but uh, Fitzcarraldo. Is oh, that's what you're talking about. I really want to see his Nosferatu. Oh, you know what? I've heard of this one before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this hurt us. 
Interesting. He has a movie with Michael Shannon in the lead with a supporting role from um, Willem Dafoe. And Ooh. I'm just learning this for the first time. It's got Chloe Savini in it. Oh, is it's it? It's got Michael um, Pena. Huh? My son, my son, what have you done? Oh, no, my son was looking at But I'll look into that. This looks cool. This looks awesome. I love Michael Shannon. That's that's a fun fact. Have you seen too. Take Shelter? No. With Michael Shannon? No. Watch that one. I see. I think he's our greatest supporting actor of all time. Uh, like I living think currently. You saw, you saw I really do think he's the greatest living supporting actor. Or working, I should say. Yeah. Well, now talk about movies. And let's let's get into the big juicy the big juicy steak. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I am Grayson's very excited. The biggest fan of Mission Impossible. I've said this before. I, I've I'm probably on this podcast. It. On this podcast a lot. Probably every I'm episode every because we've been watching. We've been watching. We have a special guest actually. The entity is actually right yeah. here. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> <laughs> For for reference, because you can't see it, they they've installed a video wall in the studio, and it has this kind of spinning circle. And if you see the new top Top Gun, <laughs> JK, the new Mission Impossible, it will make sense. Um, yeah, go see it. Go see it. We should not have to tell you about it. We should not have to tell you to go see it. Go watch it. It's amazing. It lives up to the expectations. Um, it's not my favorite in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say it's even super close. But it's still such a solid entry. And I think on a rewatch, I might like it a lot more, too. Yeah. Um, the It's it's almost three hours long. I was feeling it. I was also really tired. I night. did not feel it. I was tired. I was tired, too. And I was like, I this like is a little drag on a little too long. I was like, this is a little long. And then I and then I uh, got out. And y'all were like, that was a three-hour movie. I was like, what? <laughs> I, was like, what? <laughs> I thought it was like maybe hour 45. No. I felt the two hours. Was it it 2:45? flew by. It was uh, 168 minutes, I want to say. That's um, two four, yeah, two forty-five ish. Wow. And, and that's a guess. It has a, a really long opening. I think that's. It does. I, I, but it was fun. It was good. It just yeah. set up a lot, um, and it felt less. It felt a little more forced setup than the others. The other because it had to do so much context, and I get it. It's a part one. Mm-hmm. Um. But there were there was a part where I'm like, how much of this movie have we watched and it hasn't even we haven't even seen Ethan Hunt? Like, what's going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I think some of the pacing, despite it being that long, was a little fast. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the editing, I've heard this from a few people too, and I, I agree. I think it's a little the editing's a, there's some odd choices I made. Need, I need to watch it again to really because mm-hmm. I kind of I remember it, but I don't remember the editing at all. There's just some scenes that like feel like they should end before they do, and okay. it's kind of like this awkward silence where you can you're just like waiting for them to say cut almost <laughs> like it just kind of there, there's just some weird editing. I don't know. Some of the beats are interesting, but that being said, I, I okay. I also want to say this, and it, it sounds a little negative. I feel like it's a bit of a step back from Fallout, mm-hmm. but a step back from Fallout is Rogue Nation. And that's my favorite. You know what I mean? <laughs> so take that as you will. Um, I don't know what that means necessarily. I just don't think you can step forward from Fallout. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can you can also, you can feel them holding back through the whole movie. You can yeah, kind of yeah, feel yeah. them kind of like holding back because part two is going to deliver nonstop. Um, I love this movie. It was, yeah. I liked it. Uh-huh. 
I loved it. I loved the movie. Right. I think that I just need to watch it again when I had more energy and a little more like right. We did. Watch I, it I had just midnight. I had just worked. And you worked a full shift. Yeah, and I had a rough week. So and I, I want to see it in IMAX too. I yeah. really do. It, it it looks like an IMAX film. It um, does. It, it's a it's a mm-hmm. looks at shooting location. It's a oh, gorgeous yeah. gorgeous film. Um, I I think so. They introduce a lot of elements, and they do a lot of things. They cover a lot of ground really fast. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have a problem with that in film. Sometimes it didn't feel, it just didn't feel as fluid and perfectly balanced and paced as the others. And I think that's because it's a part one. Yeah. I almost want to sit in double feature part one and part two and consider yeah. it as one film. And once that comes out, I mean, maybe I'll take that back, but I really feel like that would make it feel more balanced. Well, yeah, because I mean, mm-hmm. that's a lot, of, a lot of things part one struggle with is because they right. have to set up an entire another movie right. and they have to introduce all these characters right. and all these like relationships and backstories in this one. So the mm-hmm. next one, when it, it ends, it pays off as well. Hopefully I mean, it pays off. As look at Breaking Dawn part one, for example. Breaking Dawn part two is a perfectly fine film. One part one is so bad because 90% of it is just setting up for part two. Yeah. And we have a lot of part ones and part twos this year. We do. We do over the next two years, uh, this year and uh, twenty twenty four. So we had Spider Verse, this one, and there's another one too mm-hmm. that we just had. There is, isn't there? What is it? I don't know. What? Hold on. What? Wait, hold on. Let's look it up. Cause I, I know yeah. there's more than one. I'm curious. Two part movies, twenty twenty three. Hopefully, Magic Mike, three. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a part one, right? Let's get the second uh, part of that. As oh, Fast mm-hmm. 10 is now a three-part Fast movie. 10 is a three-parter. Interesting. Um, which is crazy. Yeah. Spider-Verse, Fast 10, and then we have Dune Part 2 coming out this year. Yeah, Dune Part 2. And I feel like a lot year. of people who didn't like Dune Part 1 said it was more of a, is a setup film. Like, not a lot happened in Dune Part That's 1. That's interesting. But I have never seen it, so in my opinion... I don't, I don't think you'll feel that way on a watch. I think I people who say it. that are probably stupid and, and idiots. Um, Dear coworkers and friends, Grayson didn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> frankly, uh, no. Okay, Dune. For a second, we'll touch on this for a second. For a second, I probably edited it out because it's minor. I actually don't know if I'm, I want to say anything because you haven't seen it and you haven't read the books. Yeah, but I do want to watch it because it comes out in November. So I have a, I want to watch it on the big screen before. All I I'll watch say it. is that it has a subversive protagonist in a way that it it, it doesn't follow a traditional hero's journey. It feels like it's doing that and then mm-hmm. it doesn't. And it's very interesting the way that they fuck with you. Okay. And people who have not read it and have not like maybe for instance seen the original versions or something have no idea what's in store for them. Interesting. It's been it's it's all there. All the elements are there when you watch it and you can but you can, kind of can't see it coming. So I'm it's very cool. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. Watch it on the big Because I really want to watch it on the screen. But I don't know why Jordan did it. Jordan. Did Jordan. It. I love you, but you did it way too early. What the fuck? <laughs> the second one's coming out in November, and you play the first one in, in June? Last month, yeah. Why? He's really going to watch it, I guess. But I want to watch it again. I, I got it. it. You better show it again. Or we'll come. Um, I know you live. I know you live, Jordan. Okay? I will go to your house. <laughs> <laughs> the new Mission Impossible has some really good stunts. Um... The cast was great. The cast was stacked. The cast was stacked. As they say. Palm. Women in Palm this film. Slate. My favorite part of the new poster that I was most excited about, the Floating Heads poster that they did, was Palm looked really cool. Yeah. 
and I was like, oh, she's she might barely be in it. I'm a little worried. Because all I showed her in is that one scene. Yeah, and she was a huge part and mm-hmm. a really good part. And she's going to be in a, I think she's going to have mm-hmm. a bigger part in the sequel. The, the the villain itself is interesting. I like that. Okay, so. The I twist. Mean, the twist. Yes. yes. Interesting. Because I heard there was a twist villain. I didn't know who it was. Yeah. Isai Morales was fine as fuck. Every um, time you look over, Grace would say, Daddy? Yeah. <laughs> I really would. <laughs> I was like, uh. Buffy, okay. Um, his voice is amazing. Does uh-huh. he do voice acting? He has to. I don't know. He's like, Ethan, the time has come. He does he's just it's not like Patrick Warburton. <laughs> oh, I can do Patrick. Hey. Hey, Isma. Hey. Boys. Hey, Elijah. Elijah. Serious face. Serious, serious Stop voice. Stop fucking around. I'm sorry. Stop. Quit it. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah okay it's hard to talk about without spoilers it is it really is I don't want to spoil it but this is coming out next week though so it'll be a while but I still don't want to spoil it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm just saying uh, we'll just say the set pieces I Mm -hmm. love when films shoot on location yes it's such a benefit and one thing makes it possible I'll say to the the Mm -hmm. franchise's like benefit is they shoot Mm -hmm. on location as much as they can and you really feel that and I really appreciate that Mm -hmm. I love films that are on location I also really like trains and it's a great trailer, train sequence. In the trailer, it had a train, just a glimpse of it. And I was like, oh, I want a lot of that train. And there was a lot of that train. It, it delivered. The last that is act is on that train. Yeah. The entire it's, it's last great. act is on that train. It's great. Um, it's really, it, it feels more low-key than other entries, if that makes sense. Because yeah, like because it's a, a lot of it is just like running around through crowds. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know what I mean? That drive, that chasing in the car was another long chasing. That was really fun. That and was I good. did like that, and that's one of the highlights for me. But like if you look at like Rogue Nation, like it has like an extended chase sequence mm-hmm. that like on the motorcycles that's so high octane. This one has a lot of chase sequences that feel more like just get away, blend yeah. in. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But it does a good job of, of keeping the tension going. And I think, I, I think okay, so based on a TV series, right? A, a TV series from like the 70s yeah. and 80s with like a lot of camp and a lot of like, you know. It, so this one feels in the vein more so than all of the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. In the vein of, a, of, the ser- of the TV series. Because it has, it's not afraid to be a little goofy, a little campy. It's not afraid to let its villain be like... You know what? Like it, it's it's very int- it's it's cool. It's cool. It is. I I feel like the one thing I will have to say that I didn't love about it mm-hmm. was I'm not gonna say who a character dies. I don't think that that death. I mean, I understand mm-hmm. that they're like spies, like mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. unlike. But like, I feel like the the pacing mm-hmm. in that scene, they die. I agree. And then like, there's that is it. Yeah. And I feel like especially someone. Who, not only that, but the death was... I hate whenever movies do this. They fake out a death, mm-hmm. and then they actually do it. Mm-hmm. In the same act, even, or the next one over. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fucking don't do that. That's I hate is. that. Yeah. I this like, movie had a lot of fake outs. It did a lot of fake outs. And that was kind of annoying to me. I don't love a fake out. Yeah. It has to be done right. Yeah. I, Mission Impossible has a lot of fake outs in general, and I love them. Like uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, mm-hmm. whenever he's like about to grab the thing, and they're like, "We have point one second, like," and they're like, "Ah, fuck!" And it, 
and then you it opens it looks like he's watching a nuke go off but it's just sun bloom yeah you know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah and then it shows his front and he has it in his mouth yes and you're like oh my god it's that fake that out was crazy. Really, that was a crazy scene it's really well done that's fun this one does some that to me felt more like gotchas and it was more comedic and i think the most of them were yes it was very it's funny great. a little bit of boomer humor yeah i mean look at look at tom cruise he is, he is 60 you would never guess yeah honestly he does look a little older in this one what's, what's weird is watching fallout and watching this one you can see the age really catching up to him even though he seemed impervious to it through mm -hmm. the rest of the series mm -hmm. like in fallout like he, he definitely and then also in the press junket stuff yeah i know that they shot these a long time ago so yeah, during covid yeah so which which also probably accounts for a lot of the strange editing yeah you know that's what someone's saying because like, since it was shot during covid like mm -hmm. there was restrictions and i'm sure that a lot mm -hmm. of things had to be done interesting and tom cruise is notoriously like the most strict about like that's his thing like yeah what, like he had that big meltdown yeah. on stage that people tried to like fall no him for, but he was just right. His perfect body. Yeah, but he was just right though. He was just like, hey, I don't ever want to see that again. Ever. Yeah, I, I saw the it. clip. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good movie. Mm -hmm. It has its faults, but the faults are like so little you just mm -hmm. don't even notice them. For me, it's it's a solid four and a half. I get four and a half too. Yeah, and I thought you were gonna give it a four. Okay, so now. We need to talk about our rankings. Rankings. Because we have re recently, as of watching this podcast, yeah. gone through the entire series. For you for the first time. Yeah. Me for the second. Some of them I've seen more times. But yeah. <laughs> tell me tell me your ranking and then I'll get mine. Okay. This is my ranking. Mm -hmm. I got my list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you can, you can find both of these lists on Letterboxd yes. if you want to reference. I will link them to the notes. Mm -hmm. I always try to. Um, so my ranking is so number one. It's gonna go in order, obviously. Of course, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes. Then I, the first Mission Impossible. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Then Rogue Nation. Right. Dead Reckoning. Mm -hmm. Part one. Ghost Protocol. Three and then two. Yeah, I would say that is kind of like the definitive. Like if you ask anybody, that's kind of how they rank it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like. There's some, if some people put Ghost Protocol higher up, some people put the first one lower. There's some people who put the first one as like their lowest, which is crazy to me because that's just an amazing film. You know what I mean? It is. I loved it. It was so De Palma. It was so. Yeah. Shot in Vienna. Yeah. It didn't. It, the it's, fog. It's the opening crazy. scene is fantastic. How much style that has. Yeah. You know? The aquarium scene? Yeah. One of my favorite scenes of all time. Um, yeah. The aquarium scene. <laughs> Hasta lasagna. Don't get any anya. Um, Okay, Person's mine. Let's go. Best to worst, in my opinion. And granted, the worst is better than like yeah. most movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rogue Nation. Okay. Fallout. Okay. Mission Impossible 1. Mm -hmm. Dead Reckoning Part 1. Mm -hmm. Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> Hot I take. Like two. Hot Take City. Um, I like them all. And then I put Ghost Protocol, and then I put 3. Interesting. Yeah, Ghost Protocol I love. I actually um, like that and one a I lot. actually like it the same amount that I like two. I just there's the free climb scene and two that just like opens two a little with, more. and and people talk about when they talk about two, they say, yeah, the free climb scene and yeah, the the motorcycle scene and the ending. But what happens in the rest of the movie? It's bullshit. It's bad, dude. The flamenco scene, like yes, yes, it's totally very much in contrast with the first and then the third. It's like 
it's kind of the last Jedi of the original yeah. trilogy because it's like it's like tries to do its own thing and then that gets kind of reverted back and I think that's to the benefit of the character. Someone called him a more annoying version of James Bond and I don't necessarily disagree. But it, to go from like someone racked with paranoia and like yeah, destroyed yeah, coming yeah. apart it seems to go to that is funny. But that flamenco scene at the beginning is so fun the rhythms of that the beats John Woo is a an auteur of action because he has prioritized aesthetics and style mm -hmm. and things like that naturally by by directing western language films while not speaking a western yeah. language it's very it was, interesting I love that one like I love the doves flying out yes. the mask reveal it's the only thing that just crazy. bothered me is the way they wrote the woman like that was probably the worst the way they wrote her, how do you mean? Remember how so misogynistic it was about calling her like a monkey and like just that her being rough. like used and passed around. And I was like, girl. That was rough. Because I feel like I feel like like uh -huh. women aren't like a prominent part in Mission Possible, mm -hmm. but they are normally written uh -huh. particularly like, you know, Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, uh -huh. like even the new Haley Atwell, Palm, uh, uh -huh. Jane, the Paula Patton character. Right. They're all fine, but this one just seems like Yeah. They treated her really badly. I would say the first one, the second one, and the fourth one don't treat their women characters as well. Now, Ghost Protocol makes her a badass, but it definitely has a male gaze aspect going on. Mm -hmm. and, and so does Ilsa Faust's character, but it feels less gratuitous than yeah. um, uh, Paula Patton's. Uh, the first one, De Palma ha has this perverted touch where there's like this Ghost, weird like... Just De Palma. Yeah, this weird like uh, uh, domination kind yeah. of aspect, and then um, and then and weird cucking things. Things are going on there. John Woo is just a classic misogynist. Do you Did know what I mean? It? I don't think he wrote it though. No, I don't think so. But his his eye, you yeah. know, the way that he yeah. shoots her. But I don't think that I, her character is is written a little bit annoying. It sucks that she starts out so strong and becomes a damsel. Mm-hmm. She was a like a mm -hmm. little thief. She's actually not too different from Grace's character, except Grace is like if if they wrote her character, her character better. Yeah, Grace being a new character introduced in in Dead Reckoning that that is great. Robert Amazing. Town wrote. He wrote Am the I first too? two Mission Impossible's. Huh. He wrote the second one as well. Mm -hmm. That's interesting, because people talk about how tonally dis dissonant they yeah, are. Yeah, he wrote the first two. That's cool. He wrote Chinatown. What? <laughs> he wrote. <laughs> That's odd. So the same guy that wrote Mission Impossible Two wrote Chinatown. Yeah, this is why I love Letterboxd. I want Wikipedia. I, this is why I love Wikipedia. <laughs> you know I love Wikipedia. You do. That's so awesome. He also wrote uncredited The Godfather. What? Um, and is he the greatest screenwriter of all time? No. He wrote. Chinatown. Although I heard Chinatown originally had a bunch of voiceover aspects that they cut out. He also wrote Days of Thunder with Tom Cruise and The Firm with Tom Cruise. I want to see Days of Thunder. That's about that NASCAR. One. He's a racer. Interesting. But yeah. yeah. That's go basically see, what we've been up it. to. Go see Dead Reckoning Part 1. Yeah. See it on the biggest see screen possible. Before That's Oppenheimer and Barbie comes before, out. Yes. Well, actually, when this comes out, Oppenheimer and Barbie will already be out. <laughs> Still go see it. I'm sure there will be IMAX screens somewhere yeah, playing I'm sure. it. I'm um, sure someone will have it. Yeah. But um, yeah. I'm very gonna, excited for Barbie Oppenheimer. Me I really too. Am. I have getting. Especially, I have an outfit ready. I think Barbie yeah. is gonna be fun for like a party movie. But I'm. I'm. Ooh. I'm sorry about that. I'm very concerned that it's gonna be a bad movie. 
No, I heard the reviews coming out, and it's like Greta Gerwig on top of it. Like Greta Gerwig's mm-hmm. three for three. The, the script because well, it's, it's Greta and Noah. Watch. Greta and Noah co-wrote together. It. Yeah, that's cool. It's just it looks like they're doing a Lego Movie thing, which I like the Lego Movie, mm-hmm. but I just don't want to see that with this. I think I'm they're trying. I think just holding that. back on a lot because they don't want to spoil. They have to. I, be. They have to. They have to be. Um. Okay. But cool. Yeah. But thank you for listening. Yeah, uh, we're gonna. Them. We're gonna try to switch it up to some more little fun little like themes yeah. coming up soon. We have a lot of ideas that we're a lot of ideas we're, we're gonna try to do. Yeah, we just gotta be better at planning them because we planned the day before. Yes, <laughs> we are going to. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll play, we'll keep our cards well, close yeah. to the chest we'll in case secrets. it doesn't happen. We'll secrets. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening to this episode. Thanks episode six. Episode six. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's great. And we That's skipped crazy. a few weeks too. We skipped two. Uh, sorry for, by the way, you know, uh, the studio is undergoing some some changes. And it still um, is. So we're still gonna try. is. There might be some missed episodes sooner. We didn't, we could have recorded on my home mic, but I didn't want to do that because the quality difference is just a hard, it's a hard listen. Yeah. I mean, we, we could, could do, do that at your new place. Years. You had that room. We could actually. If they don't do it here. It might be, it's not going to sound as mm-hmm. good, but it'll still be better than what it was at your old apartment. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, but just. Be on the lookout for some Perfect. stuff. But, um, yeah. Got a lot of content coming your way. Yeah. And and potentially merch. Potentially merch. I've been merch. really thinking Only about fans. this. Only um. fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, let me keep working out. Uh, at the end of the summer, sure. Yeah. yeah. We ran today. <laughs> yeah. We actually did this. Once time. I have my nine pack back. We actually ran today. We actually today. worked out today. We're supposed to run before every podcast. And we're yeah, on episode six. And we have done zero. Or one. one. This one. Two runs. Two runs. The first, We ran before the first one, didn't we? We worked out after. Remember, we worked out in your room. We did. We worked out after. So, we've done two, <laughs> two ex- total exercises. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. Adios. Bye.